Hello, welcome to this week's Therapy for Me. And I'd kind of had an idea at the start of the week that I wasn't going to talk about politics. I've got a couple of trips going on this week, so I had a, I thought things are bound to crop up as I'm around and about. So tell you what, let's have a politics-free week this week, because surely it's got to calm down at some point. Um, yeah, that's not going to play out, is it, really? Uh, we, better, we better get started and have a little bit of that twangy guitar. <laughs> I was down in London today, uh, and for the first time, I was going to a meeting at a government department. Uh, I got a meeting at the Department of Education, um, which is one of those departments kind of in a a little gaggle. Uh, I don't know what the collective is for government departments, but we'll go with gaggle Um, or disappointment. uh, A disappointment of government departments Um, around sort of the the back of Westminster Abbey. Um, so it's near to where Bayes is and it's kind of secreted around the corner. And it's, it's, I mean, it's a disappointment, basically. If you've watched any of the thick of it and seen the government departments in there, uh, which are just like office buildings in Slough, um, then that's what the DfE uh, kind of was like inside. You, know, you walked in, you walked through a set of, you know, past a reception through a set of kind of like... Um, the the the, the um, barriers that you walk through at the football, um, and and then you're into a a, a big open central void, um, and then uh, floors that go up, sort of around the side. So so every floor is windowed and glassed, and you look at, at every floor. You look across the other side of the floor because they're all horseshoe shaped. Um, and it was exactly what you would expect a kind of building of that sort of uh, type uh, to be like. I, I don't know how long it was since it was refurbed, um, but it's definitely got that kind of feel of a of a central kind of um, you know office block in a in a city centre. Um, and, and I went along, and uh, and you know the excitement of being in a government building faded very very quickly. Very, very quickly. In fact, it's far harder to get into the high school um, where Josh goes than it was to get in this government building. Um, and you walked in, and then there's a picture of of the current the current education minister. Minister, bear in mind, I think we've had six this year, uh, Kit Malthouse. And you and, and and you know you just kind of that that moment of despair. Uh, kind of kicked in, but anyway, had this meeting and it was all fine. And uh, as I left the building, um, I encountered. There's two things that I counted on the day that were interesting. One, as I left the building, um, there were people who were sat down, and I don't know if they glued themselves to the pavement or not, or to the road or not. But they closed the road outside base, so there was half a dozen, and literally only half a dozen people, maybe ten at the most, in in high vis who. We're in the middle of the road and they block the road off. And there were about 50 police. And nothing much was happening, to be honest. Um, I don't know what the process is to get rid of a um, somebody who was protesting. I don't know what they're protesting about. I imagine it must have been the climate or oil. I, I can only believe it was that with with what's going on and what was going on um, over at the Dartford Crossing and the QE2 bridge. That, so I can only assume it was that. So 
it was interesting to see that kind of first hand and as I say there's a load of police uh, milling about it was all fairly good natured uh, and the road was the roads was closed and I can only assume they'd done it outside bays for the obvious um, you know reasons of it being the department that covers energy and industrial strategy um, so that was that was quite interesting and I walked back at Whitehall um, jokingly I'd, I'd said to somebody in the meeting in, in the DFE I might walk past 10 Downing Street just to see if there are any jobs going um, and I walked back up and the thing then that struck me and I had a pleasant walk through London as I always tend to do as I headed back towards King's Cross um, but the thing that, that really interested me in all of this and I'm going to try and find a link and put a link on the on the notes and I know nothing about it I've not had a chance to look at it since is that as I'm walking up Tottenham Court Road I walk past something that's called life-sized monopoly and it had all the monopoly branding on it um, but I yeah, I'm assuming you know a bit like an escape room or some kind of experience it was somewhere you you know you went and and I guess they must have they must have found a way or done a way of doing a life-size game of Monopoly, which sounded to me like the kind of thing that, um, well, A, it must be good value for money because Monopoly goes on for hours. Um, but B, what a really fascinating experience. I could see that being a really, really good way of spending a few hours with a few mates, particularly if you're allowed to have a couple of beers while you're doing it. Uh, it just seemed like a fascinating idea. So I'll try and put something on. I'll try and see what I can find about life-size Monopoly. But I just literally walked past it. I'd not heard of it at all before. It's a, you know For what was seen quite a reasonably you know plush sort of exterior, I didn't... Never, never heard of it. So I'll see what I can find out for you. Um, and Life Size Monopoly did a fantastic job of kind of um, the little bit of dis- disappointment in what a government department, you know, is actually like. Tuesday. No sooner had I arrived back from London that I disappeared off today to Birmingham. Um, the MIA was holding its annual um, event, its forum, um, or is holding its annual event and forum tomorrow. Um, and today was get down to set up and see the venue and all those kind of bits and chase around and make sure the projectors work and, you know, does the audio work and all this kind of stuff. And um, we were going to, to Birmingham. We normally do these events in London. So we're used to the venue in London and we've used it sort of three times. Um, and we were going down to a new venue we'd never used before, obviously. First time we've had an event outside of London, which was going to be a, a interesting, but very, very positive. I've been wanting to get this event outside of London for a long time. And, um, and, and this area of Birmingham, Digbeth, where um, the, the Bird's Custard Factory used to be, uh, which I found out was started by a guy called Alfie Bird, which I think is a great name. Um, in fact, if, you, if, if you're struggling for a, for a name for a child that's coming along, Alfie Bird, whatever, is a great, great name. Um, and it's a really hip and really nice part of, of, of Birmingham. They, they're in the process of digging it all up. They're doing a load of stuff with the roads, and the, there's a new tram line, I think, being laid, or an extension to the tram line being laid. So it's all over the place. Driving around, it's an absolute nightmare. But the actual place itself, in a couple of years, is going to be really, really fantastic. There is loads of, uh, of, of really great businesses 
uh, around there. Great bars, uh, great creative spaces. Um, there's just really interesting stuff going on. A couple of doors down from from where we were was Ghetto Golf, which is like a, a really kind of urban mini golf thing that's using you know bits of um, sort of industrial stuff and what have you in within the the, the golf holes. In a, in a very kind of urban street kind of way, and it's very it's very graffitied and it's very bright, and it's very brash, and lots of lots of bright colours and, and lots of lights and this and the other, and it was just a really really uh, great place to you know to spend some time, um, and the only real I guess the only real downside in all of this was we stayed up at the Hyatt Regency, and the Hyatt Regency is where it's next to the ICC, so it's where the the Tory Party got together for its conference. And there's just nowhere to park, just literally nowhere to park. I drove around for half an hour trying to park the car after I'd arrived at the hotel. Ended up in the mailbox, which is the world's most difficult car park to actually find, because Satnav takes you in totally uh, the wrong number of directions. But Birmingham, I've, I've been going to Birmingham for years, but I've been going to the same old bits of Birmingham. And to actually go to two places I'd not really spent any time in before... Um, because up near the ICC and the Rep and the Symphony Hall is really, really nice. And the work that's been done in the centre of Birmingham is really, really impressive. Really, really impressive. And there's some lovely buildings, some lovely frontages up there. And having walked through a couple of times and got a bit of breakfast, um, it was really, really interesting place. It's well worth a visit if you've not been and it's well worth if you have been, because I've always been somebody who's like, oh, well, yeah. And kind of my experience of the centre of Birmingham was always the bull ring and then and around New Street Station, which is a bit a bit grimy in places. Um, but actually, the, the other bits that I got to this time, I really, really enjoyed. So I'm going to give Birmingham a, a, a massive thumbs up um, this week and didn't quite expect to. <laughs> Okay, so apart from a small hiccup this morning when I realised I'd left the wireless microphone transmitters in the boot of my car 40 minutes before the event was due to start and my car was a 25-minute walk away, um, you do the maths, um, apart from that, um, everything went really well. We had a great day. Um, so all, all fantastic, uh, really long day, um, but really, really good day. And got back to the hotel, kind of exhausted, um, around about nine o'clock, and literally just wanted something to eat and just fall into bed. Um, so ordered some room service, switched on the television, um, and then realised we'd had a day of political chaos. Um, I'd no idea. I'd no idea that uh, Braverman had gone. I'd got no idea what had gone on in PMQs. But then to get to the situation we got to in the evening with everything that went on with regard to this vote that was or wasn't a confidence motion, uh, which which revolved around fracking and, and Labour being quite cute with a little mechanism to basically flush out the government on this particular topic because we know a lot of Tory MPs have a real issue with fracking in their constituencies. To... to then see this chaos unfold with people being manhandled through the lobbies, um, which, is, which, by the way, rocks... I mean, you can talk about this as being always a bit of pushing and shoving, it's all right. This is a fundamental rock of democracy. We elect an MP to behave on our behalf, to have the interests of our constituency at heart. 
So that's what we actually elect. Yes, they get elected under the manifesto of a party, and there's loads of talk at the moment about manifestos and mandates and this, that and the other. And the current vibe does seem to be, because they seem to be shifting all over the place, back to you um, you elect an MP rather than you elect a party. So I'm going to go with what the current train of thought is and what is being pitched to the electorate at the moment, that you elect an MP, not a party. So we elect an MP, and that MP is there to represent the wishes of the constituency in Parliament. Okay. If at that point an MP cannot or is forced to vote in a certain way that on an issue like fracking, which is an issue that communities will have a view on and do have a view on, and that view is very, very well known, then that goes to the roots of undermining democracy. And that's exactly what happened today. Um, and I sat... In, I was in bed, actually. I'd had something to eat, and I literally just, just fell straight to bed. And I sat and I watched the clip that Charles Walker, the interview that Charles Walker did. Uh, the very withered and very angry and very distressed interview that Charles Walker did. And that, 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 will, that will bring down a PM. I sat there thinking this will this will bring down the PM. This statement in of itself is exactly the same as when the civil servant, uh, the senior civil servant, got involved in the David Pincher affair and started a chain of events that will bring the PM down because the pictures or the stories that were coming out and that statement about how people were behaving in terms of their own self interests will now finish this prime minister. Um, just just no question and. I'd, and I'd missed it. I'd missed it all. Uh, I can't, not all of it, because of it played out, you know, a little bit in real time when I got back. But it was another one of those examples of just watching watching history happen uh, and unfold over the course of a few hours, which it did this evening. Thursday. Clearly she's toast and she was put out of her misery today at about half past one. Um, Graham Brady ominously appearing at Downing Street uh, mid-morning was the sign that it had all come to an end. But it had all come to an end last night. It was finished last night. It was just a case of, of how long. They were desperately trying to cling on to the uh, 31st of October because this financial statement is really important to steady the nerves of the market. And the market is there in the background affecting pretty much everything that goes on at the moment. But that is just not possible. After today, that's not possible. So uh, the move was made today because theoretically what the plan is you can have a new prime minister in place before the 31st uh, of October. Um, there are lots of calls now from everybody other than the Conservatives and including some Conservatives for a general election and I think that's right. Um, I, th I take the argument that you uh, elect a government for a period of four and a half to five years and that should be seen to play out its term uh, and there's no, there's no fear here because the democratic process means that we will get a chance to have our say but in two years time we're past that point. This level of chaos is past that point. Every time in our history when there have been these kind of problems, governments have fallen, elections have happened, and we have hit the reset button. And we need to hit the reset button now. And the reason why we need to hit the reset button now comes back to a quote that's in the thick of it. Uh, one of the guys in the thick of it says um, that 
everybody's down in the in the play pit everybody's in the sand nobody's got clean hands and that's the problem here that whatever manifestation you try and put together next in terms of a a Rishi Sunak or a Penny Morden or heaven forbid a Boris Johnson you're going to have to put together a government of people who are tarnished who have been you know after 12 years Everybody who was going to have a go has had a go and everybody has got some kind of mud stuck to them. So to to suggest that you can come back from this and you can just say, well, no, I'm here now and it doesn't matter that I was involved in this nonsense over here. I'm here now, so we're different, so it's all fine, is is really, really uh, insulting. Uh, there's no better word for it. Insulting to the to the electorate. So we're going to have just a week and a half now of Tory wrangling and messing about. But 70-odd percent of the, of the British population, I think it's 70%, 78% of the population want a general election. You, don't, you can't hide behind that democratic kind of nicety and statement and, and that moral argument when over three quarters of the people in the UK think it's time for an election. Um, this, this it just can't go on. It just can't go on. Um, I'm, I've, the the clip from Newsnight tonight, the way that Newsnight started, they um, that their show is quite is quite astonishing. If I find the clip, I'll I'll put it in the notes, and that's well worth a watch. Um, and whilst it's absolutely funny, the fact that a prime minister doesn't outlive uh, a lettuce in terms of political career is really really disturbing, and we should we should be very disturbed by that. Friday. When Charles Walker spoke about people who ticked the right boxes to get a red box or to get a, a, a career job, and were they um, proud of themselves for what they'd done, um, that was my MP, essentially. Um, my MP, uh, all the way through, and you know because I wrote to him, uh, defended Boris and said that Boris was the right person and it wasn't time to change Prime Minister and got a job out of it um, for his, his um, you know, in the, in the Trade Department, got a job out of it working for Anne-Marie Trevelyan and then supported Suella Braverman all the way through until she dropped out and then he supported Liz Truss and hey presto became Suella Braverman's PPS. So the kind of people that Charles is talking about are people like my MP. Um, now, I'm now waiting for my MP to come out and get behind the Looney Tune suggestion that's come out today, because today's been all about Bring Back Boris. It's all been about floating that concept of, of whether that would fly. And of course, with a percentage of the parliamentary party, of course it would fly. The hard right have got to coalesce behind somebody. You know, Braverman's not said what she's going to do. The two obvious options for the hard right this time were, were Braverman and Badenoch, neither of which have said what they want to do, probably because they wouldn't have enough support. And so the hard right will will skew behind um, will skew behind Boris if, if, if Boris uh, will come back. And everything everything about all the talk about Boris coming back you know to use the hashtag that uh, Rhys Mogg used was Boris or bust that we are now in self-preservation mode so everything now is just about can the Tories cling on for two more years and can they possibly can the defeat that's coming be better than it could be can it be a defeat that allows them to get back into government within an, um, an election cycle rather than be out for a period of 
you know, 10, 12 years, which is what they're looking at at the moment, because we're looking at almost at what's called an extinction level event with regard to, you know, the political cycle. It's appalling. It's absolutely appalling. I'm pleased to see some people have come out and said what they've said. I'm pleased that William Hague's come out and said what they've said. I'm pleased some of the Tory uh, papers have come out and said this is not the time. Um, it's we 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 have the prospect of Boris Johnson's select committee hearing going through with regard to whether he misled Parliament. That's happening in November, and that's happening live on the telly. And there are weeks and weeks of people lined up to testify about whether Johnson did or didn't mislead Parliament. And the same man is jetting back from his holiday, his holiday, no less, his holiday during a uh, you know parliamentary time, his holiday to come back and somehow save the Conservative Party. The sense of entitlement is astonishing. But in all of this, the thing that's really, really... Um, really upsetting in all of this because it is a sideshow and it is nonsense and it's it's so internalized and such a you know an, an exercise in in insular behavior is that not once you listen to anything that's going on at the moment nobody nobody is mentioning the country everybody is talking about what's good for the conservative party and nobody is talking about the country so if whatever might happen, I mean, we have to hope that Graham Brady's got his sums right. We have to hope that there will not be a hundred people in the parliamentary party that will stand behind Boris, at which point this this ends before it starts. But there's also an element with this of it doesn't matter if it ends before it starts, because this is just positioning. This is just the balloon going up. This is just what happens now, because if this idea is seen as being appalling to people now, and doesn't get through, but he's not so appalling that it's absolutely quashed. You know, it needs to be cut off at the knees, but it won't be. It'll get so far, it possibly won't get through, because Mr. Brady may well have got his numbers right. But the idea of it, it's being positioned for the next time around. This is Trumpian in its nature. So uh, he'll take he'll take a knockback now. Because the job of positioning, the job, the job of detoxifying Boris is going on as we speak. And actually, it has nothing to do with what goes on now. Because I do think he's got the numbers right. And I don't think he'll get through this particular section. And I think if he does get through, and if he is the elected leader, because I could see the, the, the membership elected leader, if he got through to a final two, I think it would absolutely split the party. I really do think that would be catastrophic. But I don't think it's about that. Now, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I just think this is step one in detox Boris territory. This is that first day where you drink a lot of water and, you know, eat various bits of fruit or whatever it is that you eat. Um, it's 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 equivalent to some form of um, kind of, I don't know, really, um, some form of cleansing, shall we say, um, that probably involves a hosepipe. Um Mm. really, really strange times, really strange times. Um, but I guess we'll find out more next week, and I guess next week won't be the week that I don't talk about politics either, because um, I could get on to football, but that's that's a little bit depressing as well. Um, I hope you, you're well wherever you are. Um, I hope you're trying to keep some sense of dignity and some sense of um, balance, though it's very, very difficult at the moment when you look at what's going on around you. Um, 
and I'll speak to you next week. If you've enjoyed Therapy for Me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.